Welcome to the Becoming Me podcast. <laughs> the Becoming Me podcast provides a platform for moms to be authentic and truthful about their choices and experiences and celebrates all our unique stories. I have found that connecting and telling our stories allows us to relate with each other and to draw strength from the different experiences. It also reinforces that we're not alone through the highs and the lows of motherhood. So if you're a mom or a mom-to-be, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Becoming Me podcast. Today, we have a special guest. We have Brian here with us. We're doing something different in celebration of the Father's Day that's coming up on Sunday. So as opposed to interviewing moms, we're interviewing dads today. How are you going, Brian? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Yourself? I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming over, Brian, and sharing your story of being a dad. It's a bit different today, like I mentioned, because my wife normally runs these interviews, but today she's given me the reins and asked me to ask the dads. And so the dads um, can share their experiences. And so we can also learn something about how they parent. So Brian, perhaps you could start off by telling us um, about your nuclear family. Got my wife, Holly. Uh, we've been married for two years, um, together for eight years now. And uh, we've got our son, David, who's 11 months now. And David is 11 months today. Yeah, today, 11 months today, yep. So coming up to his um, first year birthday. Yes, correct, yep. What was going through your mind when you first found out that Holly was pregnant? Uh, really exciting time. Yeah, we'd uh, been trying for a baby a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it was really exciting to find to finally find out we were pregnant. So yeah, very exciting times. And I know normally the mom experiences all the changes happening to our body. When you go to the hospital, it's all about her. As a dad, how did you feel at that time when all the attention was sort of focused on your wife and not you? Um, I just want to make sure she was all okay, really. Um, mm-hmm. I was sort of a bit nervous and anxious about how she was going and making sure everything was uh, good with her, with her health and the baby's health as well. So it was more just concentrate on her well-being. And yeah, I kind of had my thoughts in the back of my mind really and didn't really focus myself on too much. I remember when my wife got pregnant, like I can relate to what you're saying in that the focus was on her. And so everything that we did was centered around her. Was there anything that you did to prepare yourself for being a dad? Um, I definitely went on Google a lot more and (laughs) so yeah, what to, how how to parent and yeah, things to look out for. Uh Um, Spoke to a lot of people who I knew had young kids as well. Mm-hmm. Got some advice off them and, you know, what to what to be ready for and be aware of. Yeah. So, yeah, I tried to gather as much information as possible myself, really, to try and prepare myself. All right, so through the nine months you're talking to people, you're asking around, it's D-Day, the baby's coming. Walk us through what happened on that day. Pretty crazy, really, because of, um, yeah, my wife had to be induced. So, yeah, kind of went over the due date by eight days. So yeah, when we finally went up to the hospital to be induced, it was kind of quite surreal that within a matter of hours or 24 hours, baby would finally be born. We didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. So it was pretty exciting that we still had no idea what we were having. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, she was induced and went into labor. Um, that was quite an experience. And yeah, so, yeah, we ended up having an emergency cesarean as well. So that was pretty full on process. Um, seen a little bit of how that happens on TV, but it never prepares you for what actually happens in real life. So, but yeah, David came out at the end of it and we had a boy and yeah, it went pretty well in the end. Whose idea was it to not find out the sex of the baby through the pregnancy? Both of us just 
I think it's one of those things that so much in life these days you can find out information and you you know you get told things and for us it was just this perfect little secret sort of thing that you could you only really find out right at the end it's a real surprise how did you support her in transitioning from having the operation to her being back on her feet and being able to support David? Uh, we're very fortunate that uh, in Crafa, the hospital, we were able to stay in hospital for five days. So um, that allowed us to get a lot of help from the midwives. So that massively helped. And then just doing anything I possibly could really, just because she can't really lift anything apart from David. So mm-hmm. it's very much a case of just trying to do as many errands as possible. And my wife's a little stubborn when it comes to help. She, uh, would rather try and do a lot of things and she had to kind of realise quite quickly that she needed to rely on me to do simple little things, you know, moving furniture around, picking up the pram, moving the pram around, you know, even doing picking up the laundry basket, simple little things that she'd take for granted. She just had to rely on us to do. So, yeah, I was just trying to help out as much as possible in that way, really. Was it the first nappy that you changed? Uh, yeah, it was actually, yes. How was that experience? Um, I actually did his first ever nappy as well. Oh, which nice. was, yeah, so that was um yeah, quick learning curve. I think it's a lot easier when they're that age, when they're a bit older like he is now and trying to roll around and squirm, it's a bit yeah, more fun. But yeah, yeah no, it was uh yeah, it was pretty different. But yeah, it took a lot longer than I do now to change a nappy, that's for sure. It took a lot longer then? Yeah, a lot longer then, yeah. Ah. Just didn't really know what I was doing to begin with, where the straps go, was it tight enough and all this lot. Was this at the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. I find that the the midwives at the hospital, like in our experience, they were quite supportive. They did support us in everything. I remember at one point they said to us, you guys take a nap and we'll look after the baby. Yeah. That way that we could get some rest through the night. Yeah, we had that as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I had to do, um, I've forgotten what the test was, but there was a test. Other, They put the hearing protection on them mm-hmm. and uh, every time they tried to do it, he um, wasn't having any of it and they had a time in the period of the night when they could actually take him away and they took him away and did the testing and they were gone for a couple of hours and looking after him which yeah gave us a bit of time to have a catch up on sleep and so were you with your wife holly the entire time at the hospital during yeah. the birth yeah yeah so yeah i was able to stay there as well so on that nice comfortable little blue chair slash bed that gets put together not but, very comfortable from what i remember no <laughs> i think I think just being so exhausted, I think you kind of just sleep. If you go in expecting to have the labor, and I would imagine the labor goes on for a while yeah. before they go to you and say, hang on, you need to have a C-section. Yeah. And by then your body's just wrecked. Yeah. 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 Was, I think yeah, Holly was induced around six or seven o'clock at night and um, David was born at 8.35 the next morning. So it was pretty full on 12 hours overnight. Yeah. So you mentioned you changed a nappy for the first time when David was born. Were there any other challenges that you may have experienced in those first few hours or maybe first few days? Um, Something I was quite nervous about was just holding a newborn. Like I'd only really held my niece and nephew beforehand. Uh, My niece, she's eight. So that was a long time ago when I was holding her. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt a bit awkward where to hold them, where to support them and stuff like that. But, yeah, my wife, Holly, she um, gave us a few quick tips and off I went with that. And, yeah, it's, it's quite daunting when they're that small. It is for me because I feel like they're so fragile. Yeah. Like if you hold them funny, they might snap, they might yeah. break. Um, if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice on say how to hold David or how to change a nappy, what would you say to yourself? Um, I think maybe just be a bit more confident, really. Um, 
like I, I was never going to hurt him, in a, you know, but I thought I kind of always was a bit scared that I was. I think just being a bit more confident in myself of, yeah, I've got this, I could, you know, I know how to hold him and I'll hold him and, you know. And with the nappy, I think, yeah, I know how to do it now. It's uh, it's pretty straightforward. And, Secondly, yeah, I think I overanalyzed the situation of, you know, yeah. a nappy's a nappy really at the end of the day. <laughs> and so you mentioned that um, before David was born, you were reading watching videos on YouTube, being on Google, talking to people. Did you find that that preparation helped you when you had the baby in front of you? Um, I think some bits of information was really helpful. Um, yeah, sort of reading about what sort of the first few days are like and, you know, what you got to look out for and trying to find the trigger signs, you know, if they're hungry or they're wet, you know, or they're tired, trying to figure them out. And then, you know, having that bit of information beforehand was quite helpful and, then I just guess some of the talking to other dads as well, some of the thoughts that went through their minds as well, and just some information from them was pretty good. And I think a lot of people just said, you know, to me it was the first six weeks are challenging and then it gets easier between six and 12 weeks and it gets a bit easier after that. And I was always a bit flippant and kind of was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. But I think it's so true what some people were telling me about the stages of life with the baby and how it does get easier. Yeah, and I would imagine as as you were able to step in and help out with David, your wife slowly got her strength back and then she was able to sort of jump in yeah. and take over, not not take over, but add her hand to the plow in a sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So would you be comfortable looking after David on your own? Holly went down to Perth a couple of weeks ago and uh, yeah, ended up with him for a weekend all on my own. So yeah, it was, it was actually really good fun. Yeah. We're off out doing little boy adventures off to the playground and going yeah. for walks and going to the shops. And so, yeah, it was, um, that was good. I feel pretty comfortable. How would you describe your relationship with David? I know he's only still just 11 months old, but what personalities or traits have you noticed that can, say, define your relationship? Um, I think we just, his smile is infectious and his laugh. I just love his laugh. So I just try and do anything that makes him smile and laugh because yeah. I just can't get enough of it. So... I'm always pulling faces, making funny noises, trying to yeah do as many funny things as possible to try and get a laugh out of him, really. With my wife, there's certain things that I do that my wife looks at me and goes, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Do you find yourself in that same situation where you and your son have a way that you play and you know your boundaries, but then your wife, because she's a mom, she goes, nah, you can't do that or you shouldn't be doing that? Yeah, we sort of sort of roll around the floor and sort of like pick him up and throw him around. Well, not throw him around, but sort of move him around a bit easier mm-hmm. and sort of lift him up and, you know, sort of, it's a lot easier for me to move him around, I guess, than it is for Holly. So I think we kind of have a – it looks, probably looks a bit more rough than how she plays with him, I guess. But. I've often listened to other people talk about when they're raising their sons and they say boys need that rough and tumble play. Mm. That way – they know where the boundary is. So like if we're play fighting, we're not fighting with the intention of hurting. Yeah. But at least you know that this is where the line is and anything more than that, I'll be hurting the person that I'm playing with. Yeah, yeah. And so boys need that play fighting. They need to be able to, you know, play wrestle and and play fight. It's not malicious, but it's just it's just fun. Yeah, definitely. If we had daughters, maybe it would be a different scenario. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. We're just going to switch and talk about, say, emotional support throughout 
being a dad, how has been your uh, ability to cope with the emotional change of being a father? I think it was the first few weeks were a bit um, kind of daunting in a way and sort of getting used to a lack of sleep and sort of changing. And I think having a lack of sleep affected us emotionally. Um, You know, you're just tired and, you know, you're trying to do as best as possible and you're running on zero energy. I think that was a bit of a challenge, but, you know, you love love the little guy a bit, so you do anything for him, so you push yourself through it. But I think there were a couple of times where you, you did feel that you were pretty exhausted and pretty happy for someone to come along and help out and, you know, just give you half an hour, an hour away from the situation just to sort of recharge your batteries. So I think that was... Yeah, I think sort of the beginning, the lack of sleep was a bit tough. And um, I think Holly and I worked really well as a team. You know, one would sleep and one would be up. And, you know, if one was struggling, we would pick the other one up. So I think it was, then we got through it pretty well together. Uh, My wife would normally take the night shift because she would breastfeed during the night, um, especially when you woke up and babies wake up every one, two hours for a feed. And so then in the morning at six o'clock, when he got up, I'm a morning person. So I would gladly take him off mum and I would say, you catch up on your sleep and recover, get your strength back. So she would get at least four, three hours of sleep um, in that morning while I say played with him in the other room. Was that something that you guys um, did? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Holly was, yeah, the the night shift and then I'd be getting up in the morning sometimes, you know, you're three, four o'clock in the mornings and going through from there and giving her a few hours to catch up and sleep for sure. Yeah, yeah, that worked really well for us. And I'm one of these people that when my head hits the pillow, I fall asleep. So even if I was going to bed at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, I was falling asleep and Holly would stay up a bit later and then do the night shift. And if I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, it was a bit easier. Would you say sleep was one of the most challenging things? Having a lack of sleep was a real challenge. Um, I think we we coped pretty well in a way that we kind of just soldiered through. But I think, yeah, lack of sleep was a big, big surprise. I knew, I knew it would, I knew that's what it's like of a newborn. Throughout that transition from just being the two of you to then having baby and mom, is there a shift in attention away from, from dad? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely all the attention goes on, yeah, the baby. Yeah, even, you know, we've got friends come to the house. It's, you know, say hello to the baby first and parents second sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think they were, it was a bit of a shift. I didn't mind it too much, really, that sort of focus being on the baby than, than myself. Um, it's, it's pretty cool seeing other people's reactions to your son, especially, yeah, some family members seeing him as well for the first time and the amount, and also, you know, seeing him repeat repetitive times and, the amount of love and care they want to give your own sons, yeah, it's pretty special to witness people like that. I see it as a, a rite of passage in that for the most part of your life, you've sort of been the center of attention in your world to now this guy is now the center of attention. And so you have to take a backseat in your own life and and prop him up to to get all the love, care and attention that, that he needs. Yeah, definitely we've had our day in the sun so it's now um give the kid the opportunity to grow and, and thrive yeah definitely so is that something that you think other dads perhaps need to be reminded of to allow themselves to take that back seat and say prop up the kid and allow that kid to be in a much well-off state i think yeah there will be people out there who will sort of struggle with that adjustment 
to be not be in the center of attention. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's you, your life definitely changes having kids, you know, simple, simple things like wake windows, you know, they're only awake for a couple of hours and trying to go to the shops and get things done to get home and have a nap and things like that. It was causing issues in the day, sort of trying to schedule things in simple little things like that. Whereas, you know, when this, when our boy wasn't around, you could do whatever you want. So I think that's sort of that shock that you have to change the way you are and change the way you do things and think about things. And, you know, I think that changes your mindset that the focus isn't on what you can do in a day. It's what they have to do during that day, I think. Yeah. And how was the, you mentioned change, like things like going to the shops. How has the change affected your relationship with your partner? Get a lot more stuff done instead of sitting around the house and going, oh, we'll do it later. Uh It's very much, yeah, now we got to get it done in this time frame. So, yeah, we sort of smash things out and schedule our day a lot better than what we're used to. So a bit more structure uh, instead of having a bit more spontaneity, I guess. Yeah. And how do you plan for self-care? Obviously, as a person, you need to look out for yourself as well. If you're going to be supporting and being there for your partner and your son, you need to make sure you're in the right state of mind. I'm okay. I'm good. Therefore, I can support other people. Yeah. How do you plan for looking after yourself? I do a lot of running. Um, I run in the mornings before David and Holly have even got up. So I'm out at like five o'clock in the morning, go for a run. Do that four or five times a week. And that really helps reset my mind and, you know, the chemical balance in your body is just I feel really fresh and happy and, you know, ready to take on the day off when I get back and feel like I've achieved something before the sun's even come up. So that really helps my state of mind, keeps me sane, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, sort of, I always said with Holly, it's a downtime, you know, that half an hour, just go switch off, go read something on your phone, scroll through Facebook, whatever it is, just that complete wipe your mind from what you're doing and just try and reset. Mm-hmm. So I was I was pretty good at that. My wife struggled. Yeah. She, she would take time off and sit in the same room and still be part of the conversation. Whereas, you know, when he, when he was napping, I'd go and, you know, sit on my phone or, you know, I'd go out and do something in the garden or do something that I really wanted to do and took my mind off things. So mm-hmm. I think that's how I kept my mind in a good place. Looking ahead into the future, I know David's only 11 months old. What do you hope or expect of David as a person as he grows and matures? I just want him to be able to do anything he wants, really. And, we, and um, you know, my parents, they let me try anything once, even if they probably thought in the back of their mind that it wasn't a great idea. But they let me try anything, and I'd be exactly the same with him, let him figure out his own way, um, back him in with anything he does, support him, pick him up when, you know, he has issues or failings and just... Yeah, anything he wants to do really back him. I think the world's got a lot harder to live in than it was when I was a kid. And I think there's a lot more challenges out there for them to face. So for me, it's just about trying to prepare him for anything and mm-hmm. help him make decisions and, yeah, back him with anything he does, really. And yeah. Yeah, I'm not one of these people who's set, oh, this is what I want him to do for the rest of their life or try and pigeonhole him into a job at such a young age. It's yeah. just, yeah, anything they want to do you know, drop out of school early and get an apprenticeship or go to university or, you know, go traveling, whatever they want to do when they get that a lot older in life. It's just support them for whatever they want to do, really. And and what does that support look like? What does it sound like? If you were to personalize it, how would that be expressed? Good, honest communication, really. Um, just being transparent and honest. 
Mm -hmm. Just sat, yeah, not trying to talk in riddles or, yeah, try and influence them in any way like that. I think just being honest and open with the communication, just constantly yeah. talking. Like I always want, you know, if they've got a problem, I always want them to be able to feel comfortable to come and talk to me, even yeah. if you know how bad the situation is, just come speak to dad. Dad can help me fix it. And that's yeah. sort of the attitude I want them to have. Was that based off what you had with your dad? Yeah, I think if that my parents, it was quite sometimes quite hard to speak openly. So yeah, and then it's probably there's probably a few decisions I've made in life that I wish I had actually spoke to them and you know got some honest feedback on instead of making some silly decisions and yeah, yeah. sort of regretting it a little bit and then being a bit too far down the line before you can turn things around. So that's supporting David. How would you then support Ollie? If there's a dad listening out there thinking, I have a kid or I'm about to have a kid, what can we say to those dads so they can be supportive to their partners as well? Keep talking to them, you know, keep talking and, and keep listening, especially listening, just being, you know, there present and listening to anything they've got to say really and talk things through. Um, Holly and I historically have made pretty quick decisions, major decisions pretty quickly just by a quick conversation. And I think, yeah, just... Be prepared to to learn and learn from your mistakes and, yeah, just try and enjoy it. Yeah. And lastly, as we come to a conclusion, is there anything as dads that we're not talking about in time at this moment that we should be talking about? Um, I think, I think yeah, I don't think it's a problem for, other, for dads to talk to one another. I think in today's society, I think it's getting a lot easier for dads to share experiences and, I mean, as you said, it about the centre of attention, it is a lot about mum and mum's well-being as well. But mm -hmm. dad plays a massive part that I think we probably don't get as much credit for sometimes. And, yeah, it's about being sort of respected and understanding that, yeah, we're a big part of the whole situation. We might not be the, the major player with the breastfeeding and actually delivering the baby, but yeah. we're there as a real support person, you know, the person in the background helping out so i think yeah we've got to give ourselves a lot of credit that yeah we do do a fair bit to help out and behind the scenes oh that's good and lastly what does fatherhood mean to you it's a real privilege hey i, did, I never really thought that but yeah i'm pretty proud to say i'm a dad and yeah mm. i love being a dad and yeah i go to work and come home and yeah all i want to see is my son and the smile on his face when i get home from work and yeah it's a it's a real privilege sort of and yeah it's so it feels like a success, really. Yeah. Thank you very much uh, for coming over, Brian. Really appreciate your um, openness and your willingness to share. Do you have any final words? No, just thanks very much. And yeah, it's, it's great fun being a dad. Thanks, everyone. Hopefully you guys have a good Father's Day. And um, you heard it here. Dads are supports for their partners and their kids. So keep on doing the good work that you do. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Me podcast. I've been your host, Walia. Look out for a new episode every Monday where we talk to another mom regarding their motherhood journey. Please share the podcast. And if you'd like to chat on anything regarding motherhood, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you.